Michelle. You ready to do this? Yeah, let's get into it. This is the most special episode so far that we've ever had because Dennis is here and he is a special guest and I forgot how long this intro is. Woo! We got our first guest, guys! Yeah! Um, We're very, very excited to introduce one of our friends from college. We've known him since we were little lads. Um, We'd be lasses, by the way. Little lasses, little lads, whatever. Non, <laughs> we're more non-binary these days. Oh, it's so true. I apologize. I apologize. Um, from back in good old of two thousand and three, I think it is. Uh, um, <laughs> we had the luxury of being this man. No, Michelle, we were in high school then. Oh right, two thousand five. Five? I don't yeah. know. I don't know how old I am. Um, we had the luxury of being this man's next door neighbor. He has been in uh, working in production for almost 15 years on shows like Two and a Half Men, Anger Management, Dr. Ken, Tori and Dean is a Tribeca Film Festival Award winner. He has his own YouTube special. Check it out. Tiny Hat Big Jokes. We'd like to introduce our very special guest, Mr. Dennis Jacob. Hi, y'all. Woo! Thank you. Thank you. You're, I appreciate that. What a lovely introduction. We're so You're happy so, to have Very you. welcome. Also, you can follow him at KosherD on all the socials. Yes, across socials. I think on Instagram there's an underscore. I think it's kosher underscore D, but I don't follow myself, so I can't confirm that at the moment. Not yet, at least. Exactly. Once Meta figures that out, you'll be all over it. That's my Finsta. Just oh, is it official? Probably. Yeah. It's officially Meta now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't it's... gotten the update with my phone yet, but I don't even know if I'll re-download it once it becomes Meta. So Wait, well, is it changing to Meta as, like, is Facebook going away and it's Meta? Or are they talking about, like, Facebook, the parent company, is going to be like Alphabet and how Alphabet owns Google. So Facebook and Instagram stay the same. For them to to be like, oh, we've heard enough of Facebook and the bad news. So now we're just going to pretend like Facebook doesn't exist and use a new name like Meta like they did with, um, you know, Aunt Jemima. (laughs) And and the Pearl, what is it? The Pearl Necklace? What do you mean? (laughs) No, Aunt Jemima is now like Pearl Milling Company. Oh, I mean, I, I, when they went after Uncle Ben, I, I got out. I mean, I'm it. not, I'm not here for this. I support no. both of these damn scary people, these people, not these companies. Also, it's not a great product. All right, Aunt Jemima, sorry. I'm from yeah. New England. I have real maple syrup. Thank you very you much. Go. I apologize. Yeah, there's better syrups out there, but I mean, I don't know of any other household syrup that people bring home. Like I mean, there's Log Cabin is a big one. Um, oh my god, go I forgot yeah, about go that. Go sleep on that. <laughs> that <laughs> was cool because it looked like it was in a little log. Right? Yeah, you got to give up the, the packaging. Um, oh. When I was in Syracuse, um, I hosted a uh, talent show one time. Somebody asked me to like MC and host a talent show, and it was like normal stuff you'd be you know used to in college campuses. Some people doing stand up, you know, music, that kind of stuff. Well, one kid got up. And just chugged an entire bottle of maple syrup and then took a bow. And didn't throw up? And didn't throw up. At least not in in front of us. And And then I made out with him an hour later. (laughs) All I can remember beyond that was walking up afterwards and just going, well, 
uh, I had never actually seen someone get diabetes until right now. Good, good intro. Yeah, I mean, good exit for him. Yeah. Way to way to pivot. Shine the light on yourself. There's no way that kid's so alive. There's no way that kid's so alive. No way. That kid is now like the CFO of Meta. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, we went to Syracuse with him. It was, it was, it was somebody's actually, kid. Yeah, for sure. seriously. Probably the marketing person. He's probably the one that came up with Meta, to be honest. Um, I mean, we only brought Dennis on to talk about maple syrup. Listen, don't Don't even try and change the subject. True passions, baby. Here we go. You've heard us reference this man probably every episode. And as as much as Casey and I wish we were in the business, this man is actually in the business. So we figured we would have him on, do some Q&A on what it's like to be in the business, answer some questions we've been having about what the hell's going on right now, especially as related to the Alec Baldwin situation, the strike. Yeah. I mean, the list is endless. I don't even know where we want to start, Casey. What did you want to go That's with? where I would go with. Like, we did mention it on the last episode of how the strike has influenced the situation with Baldwin. And then I was not completely accurate in my storytelling or understanding of the strike. And so we would love for Dennis to kind of clarify, like, what is this strike about? Who's involved in this strike? Yeah, absolutely. So um, first things first, no one is on strike right now. So I want to make sure that we, we get that out there. So what we are talking about is um, IATSE. Um, or IATSE, which stands for the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Um, yes, I did have to look that up to make sure I didn't get it wrong. Um, but uh, so IATSE, yeah, exactly. So um, IATSE is a union that represents everybody on a set, on a union set, who is not an actor, director, or writer, or producer, right? Or the Teamsters, but the Teamsters and IATSE work together a lot. So that means... IATSE covers everybody from your camera department to hair, makeup, wardrobe, special effects, um, lighting, uh, grip, sound. Everybody else falls under IATSE. So it's technically the craft largest. Services. Craft service, oh. absolutely. Yep. Oh, the most Very, important section. More Interesting. Important okay. Mm-hmm. But the other ones aren't because they're in their own, um, like producers have their own guild, directors have their own. And then we got SAG. So that's why they have their own separated ones. Yep. But I would expect like makeup and hair to have already been in a different union. But okay, no, cool. So, yeah. so they all have what are called locals. Right. So there's divisions within okay. IATSE. So there's the camera union, which is like local 600, um, the grips, which I think is 44. So the gripper props, somebody's going to get mad at me if you're doing that wrong. But um, yeah, so each, so each uh, individual group like has its own local underneath IATSE, but they oversee everybody. Right. So it's technically the below the line um, guild. So in um production we have what's known as the line it's technically where the line producer comes from so everybody who is above the line that's going to be directors actors producers writers they are technically above the line and then below the line is everybody that the producer would hire so that's kind of how that hierarchy works interesting oh ayatsi um, and they, and then there's another group called the AMPTP, um, which is the, let me make sure I get this right. It's the motion picture guild. It's like the producers guild, not the PGA, but, um, it is the Alliance of motion picture and television producers. So they're the ones with the purses and, um, they are who everybody, they are who the, the guilds have their deals with. So the DGA has to deal with the AMPTP, WGA, that's the writer's guild. 
everybody has that's who when they're talking about who they are battling against that is the conglomerate of producers and studios right so think of it as like that's the studios that's everything from uh now apple and hulu you know disney everybody okay so that's who makes up the amptp the producers guild of america the pga is a little bit separate um so you can be an individual member of the pga but have nothing to do with the amptp right i say all that to say so what has gone on is the um the guilds, each guild renegotiates their contract with the AMPTP every couple of years. It's normally around between three to five years. Um, so your, your contract is only for that long. And so IATSE um, is, you know, is in the, in the thick of their negotiations. And one of the biggest things that they're, they're pushing for some real important changes um, as it pertains to production and executing you know, making movies and TV shows and the things that we love, right? Um, it's a long day to make something, okay? Yep. Um, 12 hours is pretty standard. Um, Minimal, right? Yep, so you're pretty used to a 12-hour day, but 16s are not unheard of. And a lot of this, I will say, just to, to help, because there's obviously so many different types of film and TV and everything. So a lot of where you're going to hear a lot of these stories and a lot of these issues are going to be either on features on films or on uh, drama shows, not so much on your half hours, um, especially not on like sitcoms. There are definitely different issues, but sitcoms are a whole different beast. You tend not to run into those like 16, 18 hour horrible days, unless something is like gone kind of wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, but you're going to hear about this a lot on um, single camera shows and dramas and features, right? So some of the things that they were fighting for is um, uh, what's a turn um, turnaround. So turnaround is the time between when you wrap one day and when you need to report the next day. So SAG has the longest turnaround. They have 12 hours, which means that if you wrap oh. at 9 p.m., you cannot, you don't, you are not allowed to report to set until 9 a.m. unless there's a forced call, which means we need you here earlier. We're going to pay you for it because right. it's cutting into your turnaround. Okay. So um, I didn't even realize they had that set up for them. Yeah. So SAG, SAG wins. SAG wins in a lot of these things. And then DGA, you know, directors have a 12 as well. Um, and then, but IATSE, you know, they have, uh, I think it was a, a nine or a 10. It was, it was pretty terrible. Like, and you're talking about a lot of these, like I said, for features, you know, you, you wrap and you're done with the day. And then if you're on location, you have to drive home. Yeah. You drive to your hotel and that time doesn't count. Right. Well, um, not to mention you're wrapping, but that doesn't mean you've, ha- if you're on crew, you have to, you know, take down and other things. If you're makeup, you got to like take your stuff and leave that. Yeah. That so there's, yeah. So, wrap, you know, yeah. So that, right. So you have camera wrap and then you right. have like taillights. Right. Right. Um, so that's a piece too. Um, and it's, it's really, it's hard. And so they are fighting for longer time between for turnaround. Um, also fratter days are a real thing that a lot of people experience. And a fratter day is when, so let's say your, your call time on Monday morning, is early let's say it's a 5 a.m call right some people are laughing because they're like that's late but you have a 5 a.m call okay you work till i don't know eight o'clock that night right you just pulled a 15 hour day and then so now your next call let's say your next call is now i don't know 8 a.m the next day right you pull another 
15 hour day. So now you're looking at, do math, Dennis, 11 p.m., right? Yeah, so you go 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., and then, yeah, so 11 p.m. So it keeps pushing to where it gets to Friday. And by the time you hit Friday, your call time is like 2 p.m., which means you're filming till 5 a.m. Oh. So then you're in Saturday. Yep. So it's a Friday. I was thinking we were going to get really cheeky. You know, Syracuse, you were in a frat. Not that kind of frat. Is it just like really bro-y? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. real cool. That's like when they bring out the red solo cups. And like <laughs> I was thinking they like call everybody to set, but no work actually gets done. So you're just like sitting around. And you're like, why the yeah. fuck am I here on a Saturday? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Lunch has a beer pong tables come out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. So what it is, is that's a, a frat that you really work until deep into Saturday morning. So that means oh. by the time you get home, right? Let's say you get home, you, you unwind for a second. Yeah. You yeah. fall asleep, you sleep away all of Saturday, right? Like it's oh, gone. Entire, you I mean, you'd Sunday. be in a psychosis. You wake exactly. up Saturday night. And then do you, when do you sleep to get ready for Monday? Exactly. And then you're oh, back at Monday at yeah. 5 a.m. So that's well, another I mean, piece. Yeah. So that's another piece that they're fighting for is these longer rest periods um, between um, for like the weekends or six and seven days. Um, so those are big pieces. Um, rates, uh, the actual like money was a yeah. big fight too. Now this is specifically the rates are primarily as it is pertains to streaming companies netflix apple um these kind of what was deemed new media a handful of years ago yeah they were like hey during the writer's strike yeah and even that even after that right so they're talking about like hey like netflix is like new into making content we want to make sure that they get like have content and like get up off the ground so we're gonna work for them for cheaper so that they can make things and we're going to call them new media. So that comes with like a lower rate. But you're not doing less anything work. Less work. Yeah, nope. exactly. If anything, then, you may be doing more because it's a newer function and like all of the workflows aren't as ironed out as if it was a studio that has been doing this for years. And then the people yeah. above you are just making more and more money from the advertising of your product and you're not getting any of the back end yeah. of it. And then what you see is like, oh, Netflix and Apple are crushing it at the Emmys. Oh, they are like these are not small shows. These are gargantuan budgets with right. huge A list talent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Massive producers. You're seeing like Shonda Rhimes and Ryan Murphy and these people with like these Very super true. producer, super mega deals, right? And your crew is getting paid like this is some little startup that we really hope gets off the ground. Right. So we're not there anymore. The landscape has changed. So that's another thing that they were fighting for. Um, uh, there were more contribution to their, uh, to their health and pension um, funds. Um, and there are a couple of other things um, that they, you know, have been essentially, it's more of like better living conditions. Yeah. Better I rest. Think- and like, it's really hard to argue with it, to be bluntly honest. Like these are, you, you, a lot of these are really successful and they do make a lot of money and things cost a lot of money. But I'm telling you, the level of professionalism between just like a Netflix show and an NBC show, it's the exact same thing. Right. It's the same people, right? Yeah. Because people from the studios are taking all these jobs at the streaming networks. There's only like, they only kind of know one business model. Yeah, exactly. And that's the same crew, right? That's the yeah, thing, yeah, you know, you like really bring your crew once you get a group of people you like you and you trust to work them. with, you're yeah. carrying them along the way. And this also includes um interns, PAs, right? They're no. their bottom line are below oh, okay. They are below the line, but there is no PA union. 
So mm-hmm. okay, and I think for people a- that don't know our production production assistant yeah correct was there yep. conversation about that needing to have or i know there mm-hmm. was a conversation about it getting together or did it just not take off or they just didn't yeah. have the legs to stand on that yeah they it's it's more about like um people are saying like look these are the issues that we have to deal with and we're actually members of the union and then you have the pas who are there earlier than some of us are are right. there later than some of us are are literally getting paid the least amount of money than anybody else here are working the longest and like this whole thing about like you got to pay your dues and come up through the business and that kind of stuff. Well, and, that's like, what we were told all throughout college, and that sure. was like why. I mean, that was for I. I don't want to speak on Michelle's behalf, but I think we had multiple conversations in college of like, how do we work and intern in production? Yeah. We would like apply to stuff, but we're like, how is this even realistic? Like, you need to have a family friend or a family member that lives in LA or New York so you can live with them and not have to pay anything and not yeah. have a life and be understood that like. I'm going to spend the next two years working 16 hours a day, six days a week to hopefully go from an intern to a production assistant to producer. And be getting paid like minimum wage or less. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where I'm thinking the free rent needs to come from of like you needed the hookup because you just can't live any other way. And I was like, these are my dreams, but (laughs) how do I do this? Like this is. It's tough. It's, it's truly, truly hard. I mean, you're not making, you know, you're right. You're making minimum wage. You know, so like that's not like you're making hand over fist money. I mean, look, I got when I first came out here, my first real job. I'll tell you sorry about my first job, but my first real job was on Two and a Half Men. I got hired as a as the PA on that show, and it was a Warner Brothers show. And I'm so lucky was one of the biggest sitcoms in the world. Yeah, but like also to work as a technically I was a Warner Brothers employee, which meant that like. I got paid pretty well. Like I was making yeah. 550 bucks a week, like huge money as a PA. Um, when I came back for the next season, because I was still a Warner brothers employee, I got like, you know, they lay you off and then they rehire you. Well, you get rehired on the same show back to back years on automatic raise came in. Right. So oh. like, the second season, I'm making 600 bucks a week. Like, Oh my God. But if you still break fish. that down, look at that. You're like, it's still under 30 K a year. Like, yeah. and you're living and in also, LA and all those hours you're on set. Yeah. When you when you break that I mean, down, you're stealing that free food, obviously, because yeah. it's craft oh, services. Yeah, yeah. so you're living off of that. Yeah. Well, and, not, and not to mention that's an incredible experience. You obviously created a lot of relationships with a lot of people, including our boy Charlie. So. Sure. And that's yeah. yeah, that's the whole idea of doing the. It's about cultivate. It's about networking, and then getting yep. in front of the people that's going to bring you on to the next project. And you right. you were able to get additional employment from Charlie. I mean, you got some yeah. inside. For you were years there and years. through it all, man. Yeah, he he was your rock for a while there. Seriously. Yeah, he's one of my he one was, of my closest friends for it's years. So crazy. Yes, one of my and closest and time, dearest friends. It was at the time where everyone else was like, "What the hell's going on with this man?" So yeah, it was it was pretty wild. I mean, I it's so funny. I saw him on a Friday. I saw him on a Friday. Um, went to his house. Had like one of the craziest, most wild experiences of my life that involved no drugs no alcohol in any way shape or form but still one of the craziest events ever and then that monday like he was like all right i'm going back to work and that monday the winning phase started 
Wow. Um, and it was pretty nuts. And then I, you know, that whole thing happened. I was working at another, I ended up working at another uh, company. I ended up dabbling into um, your favorite. I was an unscripted television um, a little while later, um, working for a horrible human being who I won't name in public. Otherwise, I have to give back my hush money. But, <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, NDAs, baby. That's a completely true <laughs> statement. Um, and Charlie called me and said, I'm doing a new show. You have to come do it. And I was like, let's go you know like this is great um so no i owe i owe much of my career uh to that guy but yeah, yeah the the pa thing it's you know and it's it's tough they're like i said they're super long hours you're not getting paid a lot of money um and so that's what iatsi was fighting for so they struck a deal with the producers with the amptp um some of the things they you know they won on some things they didn't win as much on others um but now it still has to be ratified and voted upon by all of their members so technically we have avoided a strike however they are still not working under this new contract the new contract has not been um ratified but there's been so much talk about it and with you know the horrible accident on the set of rust um with the uh, the camera crew and the, and the issues that they had, like them walking off because of the conditions that like Ayatsi is saying, like, this is exactly what we've been talking about and what we've been dealing with. And look at the worst case scenario is exactly what happened. Um, yeah. So as, as truly tragic as it was, it is wildly timely. It's oh yeah, it's so. And then I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't know how accurate it is, but then I also read today that the insurance taken out had a producer payout of three hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know, if the movie didn't go, if the it bombed or anything, they had you know automatic payout of income to them directly. And so yeah, it's we're we're gonna see a lot of lawsuits. Yeah, I mean earlier this week. the family of the victim helena hutchins Mm -hmm. um they hired a lawyer for that like does specialize in like um wrongful death suits i'm sure they're coming guns blazing as they should um and then it's just really i know casey and i've been talking about it it's like where is the finger going to end up getting blamed to because there's been the conversations about the armor she claims claims that when she left it was a prop gun there was nothing there and then there were reports earlier this week that it was the assistant director who's the one that handed Mm -hmm. um the gun to alec and that this assistant director has also had issues with arm armor before on other sets yeah and so that's very fishy um so right now it's looking like it's more the assistant director that may get blamed but i mean we know that there's a lot that still can come out from here look there's i mean there's a ton right like the when you're on a set with a weapon it is a different vibe on that set um there are so many safety precautions in place so that what happened does not happen right i've been on sets with <clears throat> true pop guns, meaning rubber, can't shoot anything. They don't have a place for a bullet to go in and out of, right? And in those instances, the assistant director gathers the crew when it's time for them to happen, right? when they're time, time to be there. A lot of the times this may happen with like, um, even when you have like maybe um, a scene in a, uh, a police station, right? 
So all you just have are like extras walking around with like in full, you know, police right. officer uniforms and their, you know, their belts on and everything. And even in those instances, um, the AD and the prop master will tell everyone we have rubber guns. These are what they are. These are what they look like. No one is to touch them. These are not real. They are prop. Okay. Whenever you have a gun that has the ability to fire anything, similar situation where you let everybody know. I mean, you literally gather the crew together so that people cannot miss this. Right. There is a, we have a weapon on set. Um, we will not be firing live rounds. The only people who are to touch this is our armorer and the first AD and the specific actor who has to handle it. Um, they show everybody, like they literally show everyone, this is the weapon. These are the blanks. Um, it's it like is, a training basically for everyone. A hundred percent, right? It is about safety, 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 safety. Literally nothing we are making is that important at the end of the day, you know, to cost anybody their life. So you're going to be thorough. And on movie sets all of the time and, and, and TV, you know, use those kind of interchangeably, but like time is money. You're, you're stressed. Yep. It's long day. Literally, literally time is money. Like when people don't break for lunch, like their meal penalties, they are getting paid for that time. They do not break for lunch, like those kinds of things. Um, so your instinct is to move as quick as possible, but like the work stops. People make sure that you know what's going on. There is a very clear chain of command. Um, if an actor is to be holding that weapon, then the armor literally shows them this is the weapon. Here's what, you know, these are the blanks. This is what they look like. Like they're so thorough. To the point where, like, it can get annoying, but so what, right? Like, right. that's what their job is. Um, and so, like, for something like this to happen, like, for an AD not to be handed the gun by the armor, right, just to grab it, that would never, like, that just, these things, I, I cannot stress to you how much, like, these things don't happen. Right. Um, so, like, there's a lot, a lot that went wrong here. Um, but as far as, like, lawsuits and stuff, like, if you remember back, way back to COM 107. Yeah. You don't sue poor people. Yep. So, I mean, we will see how this goes, but I'm not going to sue the AD specifically. That dude doesn't have any money. So, 24-year-old armorer doesn't have any fucking money. Exactly, right? So there's... You know who does have a lot of money? Your My boy. boy, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's got mm. a lot of money. In fact, he was putting money into this film. Yeah, so that's another layer of being a producer on this, right? So you have plenty of plenty of um, actors uh, are producers in their own projects, but that doesn't always mean that they're putting up money, right? Sometimes right. a producer, there's very many layers of and types of producers um, when it comes to you know film and television. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's deep in like his own money. From that's how badly he wanted to make this was that he was willing to pay for it. Um, it's and it's so sad. And at the Michelle, end of his career, Michelle's theory that is taking the demise of Alec Baldwin. I think he wanted he cut corners because he wanted sure. to make it get it done. And in my brain, he is behind this. I'm sure allegedly, allegedly, you and Donald Trump. Uh oh, yeah. Michelle, you and Watch Donald Trump now. are having the same thoughts. <laughs> he came out today saying Alec Baldwin intentionally shot her. But that's because I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying he intentionally shot no. her, but I'm saying he's guilty by more than association of by being lazy and also by the way supplying that gun and bullet i mean the here's against of alec baldwin and look there's the thing too cutting corners and such like there's a 
push to make movies faster. You know, if you were like, if you remember, it used to be, if you're going to make a movie, it takes three months, right? Whatever Minimally. It was, we're, yeah, we're going to go, it's going to take, yeah. it's going to take three months to make this movie. And we're talking about a movie that, that yeah. didn't have like a ton of CGI. We're talking, we're not right. talking about this anything about the MCU. Movie. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Boys it Don't takes... Cry was like the first thing that was like yep. 22 days filming nonstop. Like exactly. we did this, but no budget. They had like 20 bucks. Like right. it was, yeah. So that was their only choice. Right. So you see those kinds of movies get celebrated, right? Like Dallas Buyers Club was a right. big one that like, we shot this whole thing in like 19 days and nobody slept. And it's like, so fucking what? Like right. at this point, like, so fucking what? So this doesn't yeah. make your movie yeah. experience better. And look, people who work in production, I can say this as somebody who does and has and probably will continue for a little while. You're a nomadic people. Okay? Yeah. That's what we are. Project to project and show to show. Because your days are so long, those people literally become your family. You see them more than you see your own family. Because by the time you get home, your kids are sleeping. Your you know husband and wife are sleeping. You don't really see them. So you spend so much time with these people. You get to know them so intimately. Especially if you're on location. There's no one else around. Like You literally spend all this time with them. Then the show wraps or the movie finishes. And then you say your goodbyes and like you move to go find a new family right yeah, like summer that's, camp every single it. production is a summer camp and that's that why is, there's rampant affairs everybody so if you didn't think like it's not it's much easier well, to fuck on set than it is at home well especially <laughs> when on set is in tulum or in paris or somewhere right. with, with with one of people's really 100 sexiest men alive yeah, yeah. Sure. sure 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 yeah i haven't been on one of those sets but yeah I mean, sure. it's why I want to be an actor because I saw a superstar as well, and and her character <laughs> when she was like, "I just want to professionally like make out with people." I was like, "Yes, ding ding ding, <laughs> thank you." That's so, a job. So is a prostitute. I but, mean, duh, but, but which way, which way did I go? What but about they, but they pay for your flight. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> intimacy coach, you could be one of those. That's not. Yeah, that's a new thing. But we all know. Real yeah. Close. Yeah. <laughs> we all know. I love casting. But no, yeah, yeah, no, sorry, I interrupted that thought as well for you. No, but. that's more than fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like I said, we're, we're a, a nomadic people kind of by nature, right? You're just kind of always, you know, you're literally bouncing from, from show to show and place to place. And, and a lot of, also a lot of these departments, like we were talking about, you also get like your favorites and the people you like to work with. So maybe you work with like your same group, but you bounce from place to place. You get like, you know, I worked on Two and a Half Men, as you mentioned, um, and Chuck Lorre, is a one of the most prolific producers in television history. Period. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and he has had a lot of the same crews working for him since Dharma and Greg. And they're if it, still if still it ain't working. Broke, don't fix it. That's it, right? You have a, a shorthand with people. You know, um, um, the, a lot of the same camera team was doing both Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory because they shot on different days. Um, you know, and that was intentional. That you know, to two and a half men was a Thursday, Friday show, and Big Bang was a Monday, Tuesday show. Um, and so you could have that overlap between between those teams. Um, so I say all of that to say people know the right way to do things, and you know when you're in a dangerous situation, right? And for the crew to walk that walked meant that things were really bad and really dangerous. Um, and then I know they brought in like non-union crew to replace them. Non-union crew. I just want to also make this like abundantly clear. Sometimes non-union crew means really, really green, right? It means like somebody who's brand new who just doesn't have the same experience. Sometimes non-union crew is um, a non-union crew member is incredibly experienced, 
but just hasn't had the opportunity to work enough days on a yeah. union show in the amount of time to get to be able to benefit. exactly to be able to get into the union, right? So I don't want to paint a big, you know, with a big broad brush, but like if your union crew walks off and your first move is like replace them with people who we don't like who don't have anybody to speak for them. Right. Like, fuck or off. aren't coming with even great references to begin with when we come to find, you know, it took paparazzi 10 minutes to dig in to find out that she has a bad history already at the age of, you know, with her career. She was doing a early. podcast a little bit ago saying like, I'm kind of nervous about this. Tr- like, get out of here. Then like, she like fucked Nick Cage's eardrum up because she was well, firing live like ammo, not telling anybody. <laughs> also, real quick, never should there be live ammo on set. Well, like that's yeah. a crazy thing. Like that's, that's just not even a thing that should ever happen. Well, and also not to mention the crew walked off set and to them still decide that, okay, they can film, but to shot, to decide to film that scene that involves the gun, like they could have done other scenes and waited for a union crew. If that was really a concern of theirs, but clearly security was not, if that's what they chose to do. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I Obviously, I've never read the script, so I don't know. And well, didn't know, we don't know the, how many. Yeah, what do you got, Michelle? Because Michelle's got the, the script I breakdown. I do know that the... I don't know if you guys know the premise of this of the plot. I know it's based on, like, a true story, right? No. It I is, haven't even looked into it. Yeah, so this was... I don't know if you call it irony, if you just call it spooky, or what is um, Alec Baldwin's character, his grandson is being... Um, accused for an accidental death right right i remember reading that yeah so it's just too meta so like oh yeah. it comes back bring, again bring meta oh, back. full circle I mean, full circle <laughs> we're being meta right now art, uh. art imitating life or life imitating art or both i mean how spooky is that either way it's really terrifying we're royally fucked so. yeah. i mean would there be any uh, yeah, how would live rounds even get on? So, I mean, somebody's just putting them Some, in. Somebody had to bring them. And, I, and why would no they? Reason. Is that someone that's like in purposely trying to murder? I mean, someone? the, like, the reports, the reports that they were using this very same gun for target practice is like I can't even fathom being in that scenario. And like, look. Crazy things happen when you're well, why do they on even film. Need target practice, honestly. No, they're just like fucking around, right? Just messing like, around. Yeah. yeah, they're just like out in like this western set. They're like we have and... a gun, and we don't. We're in an area without a lot of people, so put a couple cans up against the fence and see what we can do. I mean, I would do it to be perfectly. Do honest we know? With <laughs> can we find out who was the part of that target practice? And if it was the Alec Baldwin, um, there's. Sure. I'm sure he was. I don't. He wouldn't hang out with the ruffians. Exactly. Like no, I, he does not, I, just, yeah. I just want him as guilty as they come. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be shocked if he's just chilling with the... Down with the people. Yeah, the best boy just out there. Just he goes to jail before Trump. Just goodness. <laughs> I mean, no, it's, it's still a very open investigation. I don't know if you guys saw that there were... I don't know how valid this source was because it was tmz although usually they're right that they were saying that the latest they had the latest um words that she said right before she died yeah I saw that, which was eerie as can be it was i like, did not i did not see that there's gonna be like there's going to be a lot coming out about this i mean we haven't even gotten to like the proper full investigations haven't even I mean, what has it been a week a week and a half it hasn't even true yeah Maybe. 
yeah, it feels and like I, already a year, but I know they were rehearsing, but I haven't seen if they were like rolling on the rehearsal. Sometimes you do that. Sometimes right. you just shoot the rehearsal because maybe it works better. Um, so the, there's tons we we don't know, but I mean, if they were rolling, yeah. holy shit, the cops are gonna you know yeah. get that search yeah, yeah. warrant. There's evidence right there. Yeah. So, no, I mean, crazy. and then the other issue about my favorite person is. Alec being out in the world and his way of dealing with this in the public and Yikes, not, dude. and Alaria Baldwin trying to use this as more time for her to get in front of the camera like as <sighs> if that's a good idea and yeah. it's just like this is putting salt in the wound like it's bad enough I listen if it was any other actor I would have had a lot more sympathy when the first came out and say oh my god I can't imagine being a person who accidentally killed someone of course because it's Alec Baldwin and he has rage issues he's beaten people up before it for me it was harder to have that sympathy for him but then even more so with what is happening with how he's I mean, I know Casey, you have more, you've been closer to this part of the story, but like- well, I've been obsessed with how sad he has. Like, like I, cause I was kind of waiting to really kind of see what level of true narcissism we are going to end up seeing out of the two of these guys. Right. And a true narcissist wouldn't really fucking care that they killed somebody and they, be, well, that's more of a sociopath, but like the narcissist right. would be like, it's somebody else's fault. Right. Like, I, Play the blame game. Like I'm, I'm sorry that I pulled the trigger, but clearly I had nothing to do with this and, and I'll walk through the motions to show that I'm not an insane person. So I was surprised and kind of, uh, uh, you know, excited to see the level of physical and emotional destruction that has caused on him just from, how he's been uh, kind of moping about appropriately and like, you know, breaking out in tears in a lot of these pictures of just like crying into his hands while just trying to walk around. But then I'm really obsessed with the fact that the family went on a trip to Vermont and I'm never going to get over the fact that she used a surrogate to have this extra kid to determine to make sure that she had a boy. And, uh, and then they lost their cat that they brought to Vermont. Out and then, but the the cat was found. But then I had to Google it because it's it's like cheetah print cat, and I had to find out if it was actually like a legal cat that was allowed to be in America. For it was like, uh, like a, a small like mountain cat that had been sent like an over. exotic animal. And just smuggling of links. Yeah, I mean, I thought that's what I, I was like. This is some illegal breeding, and it's not illegal, but it definitely is crossbreeding with a small mountain cat to get the specific genetic coat to be a cheetah. Can we get them on that? And then while, no, while there's nothing to do. Book them for the other stuff. <laughs> no, I'm thinking like a true Law and Order episode. No, and then what I really did love too is with the impromptu. I mean, he doesn't. He does but, have a choice. He can walk away, but the paparazzi well, is stalking him and asking him questions. But then absolutely. when she gets out of the car and she starts to film them and she's walking towards them and she's trying to defend him, but he's like babe i like well he's not even polite about it but he's like i well, i introduced this conversation to them like i'm participating i'm trying to engage so they'll like leave us alone so get the fuck out of here right so it was really nice to see him turn on her <laughs> it's uh yeah i don't i don't i don't follow their ins and outs nearly to the extent that you two uh lovely sleuths do but it's it is uh yeah it's really it's really crazy it's a it's a crazy thing to to see and like I don't know. It's so sad. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, a woman died. And for what? And like, 
we haven't talked about like the psychological damage for that crew. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, oh my god, the PTSD. Going back to work the guy who survived. The di- yeah. yeah, the and director. I'm thinking. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but kind of the way people are standing, I'm assuming it like went through her and hit him. Yeah, I've seen conflicting things because I was okay. thinking the same thing. I don't know if it was. To be honest, I don't know if it was multiple shots. If it was, if True. it was multiple. I would hope not. Well, if it was multiple bullets, like if he just like pop, 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 right, and doesn't realize what. Yeah, happened. but it is a small. It's an old right? western gun. Yeah, it's right? like, you, I think you like know, you have off. to click it. Every, you have to cock it every right. time, right? I, I, uh, I don't know the full mechanics, but sure. I, there might be an ability for it to have at least not like a semi-automatic by any means, but like no. fast enough before he realized that this was an issue. Okay? Yeah. So let's say it's if it's that, then it's very possible they were standing very close to each other. Um, if it was her looking through the like the lens and like the director's right behind her and like kind of a much more classic way, you don't always see that, especially on sets. A lot of the times, like directors are now stationed at monitors or they have like their own wireless monitor that's like maybe they're close to the DP, but they're not right behind them anymore. Gotcha. That's um, what but I was thinking that they were in the video village. Video, 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 video village. village. Yeah, yeah, nicely done. <laughs> The few um, times I've been on commercial sets, that's where a lot of the time the director has been. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know what's interesting too is um, is also in film, um, you know, your DP, your director of photography, um, you know, now is is also sometimes, uh, most of the time is on, actually manning the camera, right? They're actually operating the camera mm. as well. Um, but not all the time in like uh, TV. Right. A lot of the time, your director, your DP will be sitting in a monitor or monitors um, where you have your actual camera operator and they're, you know, in their ear. So they're seeing on the monitor what it looks like. And then, you know, the operator's actually, you know, controlling things. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know, you know, how many, but it's definitely a possibility that it could have gone all the way through um, or it's a possibility it was two, two um, different yeah. things. Well, and not, yeah. Yeah. And the PTSD, a, though, not even... Not even of the people on set, but just think about all those people who left the set because it was unsafe, and now they're like, "This is exactly why." Yeah. We left and they're friends with them. I mean, that, now, that's who they like, were working for. But that, right. And that's what I'm telling you, right? Like, think of that like familial relationship. They've right. been there for a little while already, right? And like, these are people you care about. And it's like, look, I'm going to leave because it is unsafe. You should come too. They elect not to, right? Like uh, if your DP had left, that's not an easy person to replace, right? Especially yeah. on a film that is a very specific look that that person has cultivated along with the director. So especially you can't if just you've like, already been filming for a yeah, exactly. Of time. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, no, it's just I can't, I literally can't fathom like any piece of it. Um, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah I know and, like, and like you said, we're still, I mean, we're only at the beginning stages of this. And unfortunately, there'll be a lot of piecemeal information and we'll never probably know 100% of what happened. Yeah. But yeah. hopefully, I mean, I don't even know what justice is in this situation because you can't bring this. It, I don't back. think there is any. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if nothing else, to your point earlier when you started off, Let's mm-hmm. hope this is the reason why all of the stuff that the the group is fighting for oh, yeah. happened. Oh, yeah. Because if otherwise, she really did die in vain. I mean, totally. I mean, look, it's you know they they had to come to an agreement. I you know I actually come to an agreement on this new contract, obviously before this incident. But no, I think it's it just highlights a lot of 
you know, we think of when, when most folks just think of Hollywood and movies and TV, like you think of the fun stuff, right? Like you think of like the final product, you think of the Oscars, you think of like the actors, the people who are out there in the big way. The glitz and the glamour. Of course. Right. But a television show employs about 120 people, right? Films much more, much more, um, depending on the, you know, but most features so much more, right? Like, it's tons of people who work to make that thing happen. And they work really, I mean, like I said, long days, far away, sometimes far away from your family, sometimes still in town, but far, you know, and it's, it's not, um, it is a, a business that is driven by passionate people and filled with passionate people. Um, you will find a lot of people who said, I swear, if I wanted to do anything else, I'd be doing it. Um, but like, this is really, you know, what we love and we want to bring these stories. And, you know, there's things that impacted us when we were kids or still impact us that we're like, I just, I want to do this. I want to make somebody feel this way. Um, yeah. And, uh, you should be able to do yeah. that. No, I mean, Casey and I are perfect examples of... We haven't given up the dream. ...consumers (laughs) of all of the things that you and your colleagues make, as well as even though we know a little bit of how the sausage is made and have experienced it, there is a, you know, because we love it so much, the art of it and just the movie magic of it all, it is something that, yes, you want to be involved in to some degree, but to the point Casey made earlier, like there's a lot of sacrifices you have to make. And obviously Dennis, you have made many yourself just in being doing this for the amount of time that you have. Um, And I know we, we don't have that much time left, but I wanted to ask some fun questions. Please. Yeah. Just, I mean, you've clearly worked on a lot of sets. You've had a lot of interesting humans come your way. You don't necessarily have to tell us who, but if you can give us some good behind the scenes stories, Oh golly! Um, I know. I know. Before we started um, on the call, you mentioned maybe highlighting something from your Tori and Dean days. For oh, those, <laughs> for those who don't know, it's the Tori Spelling when she had her reality show. Because we were, I think, still in college when were. It, when yes. Dennis got it. We Dennis were so excited. Yeah, yeah, and we were like, "Oh my god, Dennis is on a set!" And I remember he was like, "Oh, I'm I'm delivering a pizza tonight on the episode." They had to have me step in, and we were like, "We're gonna see Dennis on TV. We know somebody that's in LA." And this yeah. was the height of the candy spelling, Aaron spelling, fighting with with Tori. I think. Maybe yeah, this Aaron was on had, E. At I the, think Aaron yeah. had yeah. maybe just passed away at this point. And so she was much so. bigger. Yeah. I mean, she's still a train wreck now, but like the train wreck of her, that was her apex. Yeah. So that was Tori and Dean in love was yes. the, uh, was the show that I worked on. Um, <laughs> so so my, yes. my old, my old roommate, when I first moved out here, I first moved to LA uh, roommate, Harry, who also went to Syracuse uh, with me. I remember and him. Yes. Harry got a job as a logger for that show. Like he got hired like a couple of days after he moved out. So a logger is literally somebody who gets the tapes from set or the footage from set. And your job is to put it in the system and watch it and write down what is happening. So that oh, editor brutal. can then, y'all, it's fucking it's like the awful. worst job. Basically. It's up there. It's <laughs> awful. Like you're Ugh. just in a you're in a room just watching the lo- like the uncut. raw footage. Oh uncut. yeah, completely uncut. <laughs> you were just watching the raw oh, footage and writing oh down God, what happens. This relationship. Okay. So the editors can like Decide know what they're grabbing what. and start to like put the show together. Oh right? my God. So, uh, so Harry gets, Harry gets this job and he's working there, uh, for a little while. 
And I, I got like insanely lucky and got hired on two and a half men literally two weeks after I moved to LA. Um, but my job didn't start for a month. So like, I got hired like the beginning of, um, I got hired like the tail, the tail end of June, like right around the end of June, beginning of July. And then I wasn't going to be starting to the end of July. So uh, Harry is at work and they're like, Hey, we've got a, a bigger shoot coming up. Does anybody know any PAs? And he's like, my roommate needs work. Like for sure that guy will do it. And I was like, yeah, let's go. So he called me. He's like, I got you two days of work on the show. Wonderful. Not bad at all. Let's, here we go. So we had to drive. I, <laughs> it was so nuts. We went to, I had to go get in the passenger van. So we had to drive a van out to the set. The set was in Temecula in wine country. Um, so we had met at like the production office building, which is like in the thick of Hollywood. And then we get there. They're like, do you want to drive the van? I was like, are you out of your mind? No. Are you kidding me? I don't want to drive this van two hours with strangers in a place I've never been. Hard pass. Yeah. So somebody else drove it. Um, uh, and so the, <laughs> the episode was uh, Tori and Dean's, the, the premise was like Tori and Dean's uh, neighbors were like kind of mad at them just for I guess existing yeah. and so they wanted to like that sounds about right that's right? all grand yes yeah, so they wanted to like throw a barbecue for their for like their neighbors so uh by the way I did two hold on let me just remind me to tell you about the second shoot I did with them I did two shoots of course with them. of course so the first shoot was this one with the, the <laughs> throwing the barbecue. And so I get there and I'm like, all right, here we go. Like I'm on set. I'm on set. And I get there and I meet the producer and I was like, Hey, I'm Dennis. Like, what do you need for me to do? And he's like, I need you to move that porta potty like about 50 yards that way. It's going to be an all oh God, that's shots. so difficult. And I was like, <laughs> it's physically I, so difficult. I have to move a porta potty. Right. Like, this so I'm, I'm literally just for. walking it right. Like by myself. Like hoggling it back and forth. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Back and forth. Walking uh, a porta potty. I talk uh, about like mom on the show. Trying not guys. to get the inside porta potty all Yeah. Moving a shit house on like, I made it. So, Mama made yeah. it in Hollywood. The day is long. The most rid- that wasn't the most ridiculous part. The most ridiculous part was like, all right, well, we're doing the food now. So they had like all of their like neighbors and stuff came, and then we, as like a couple of PAs, also had to serve the food. But the, the food was fucking KFC, and it was there. It was their KFC sandwiches, and they were pre wrapped. So we had to like hand them out. I was like, oh, we're not even pretending. We're just giving them KFC. Like, this is a barbecue, also known as delivery. Exactly. So, like, that was, and then we drove all the way home. So that was ridiculous. The second I go back two weeks later, they haven't done a shoot. I need the money. My actual time is starting. Go back. This episode was Tori is presiding over two men getting married. Oh, this sounds so, very familiar. So I get to the set this time. I go up to the the segment producer. And I'm like, "Hey, I'm Dennis. I'm I'm back. You know, what do you need from me? You know, trying to have that can do attitude." He said, "Ah, great. Uh, over there is a big old Tupperware, just full of dildos. Can you make sure those are like clean and any new ones? Uh, just take the like tags and stuff off of." It's like, yeah, no problem. So I go like, cause the whole thing was like, they were throwing two different bachelor parties. Like 
Dean was throwing one guy's and Tori was throwing another, and then the wedding was the they next had competing day. dildos. They had poor, so many dildos. Poor Dean, because I'm <laughs> yeah. sure that wasn't as yeah, because that's what gay guys love. They love dildos. So <laughs> many. Somebody threw a butt plug into the fish tank at the okay, end well, of the night. Okay, well that makes more sense. Hilarious. <laughs> um, so I was just like, "What the fuck am I doing?" So, Mama to... made it again. <laughs> exactly. Can't stop. Won't stop. Cut to ten years later. I am uh, at this point. I'm assistant director. I'm working on um, anger management um, at the time, and uh, I'm at a kid's birthday party. And lo and behold, Tori and Dean are there with their kids. And you're not and working. So, you're socially no. We are. Yeah. Yeah. You're so this socially is just the time. at a birthday party. They are yeah. socially at a birthday party, right? And so I'm there like with with my kid. Kids, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. And just so everybody knows. I had a kid too. It wasn't just me lurking at a kid's birthday party, right? You just would like, though. That's a thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, if Discovery Zone ha- was still a thing, of course I would. But <laughs> I would like, hire a kid to show up to a kid's birthday party if I knew celebs were going to be there. Yeah, and just, just send me <laughs> as your plant. Yeah. Um, so I see them and I walk up to them and I was like, you know, our kids are like playing near each other. And I was just like, hey, like, I'm Dennis. I have to tell you the first set I was ever on in LA was Tori and Dean in Love. And I go and I told them about the dildos. And, and Dean goes, what are, you, what are you doing now? And I go, I'm an assistant director on this show. And he goes, you stayed in this business after that? And I go, I mean, I figured it couldn't get worse from there. So yeah. That's true. Unless you obviously turned to porn. But then it would have looked like that a lot more. But yeah, I mean. And yeah. that's that couple is supposedly still together. Although supposedly. No, I think I would say more supposedly break breaking up. up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I did you get any hint of that 10 years ago? <laughs> sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I think we all did. I'll also give that woman plenty of credit. She can hit a pratfall like nobody's business. Wow. You can, You gotta, you know, Tori yeah. can do her physical comedy. She can do physical comedy. She did you know, learn she from really, She did really appreciate the craft. She didn't yeah. execute the craft well, but she would know the assignment. She'd still fail it. Yeah, But, but she, she would know yeah. the assignment. That was, yeah, old Tori and Dean in love. Two ends in love. Oh, my God. Well, my question is a little, is more, a little shifting gears, if not directly celeb, um, is more, so do you feel like there is more work available now with all these streaming services or less work? Really good question. Um, The town is super busy right now. Um, Things are in like a, a real, like a, real swell right now i think okay. there's a lot of work out there which is great i will say this it is still really hard to break in yeah it is still really hard to sell something um so that's what's because... kind of yeah what are the paths now because in my head it's still like comedy and you're yeah. doing stand-up and you have to get that shitty agent that shitty manager go to the shitty pitch meetings you know it's still 10 years of like roughing it in. Yeah. I mean, but then you have hard. those YouTube standouts that come out every once in a while and break yeah. that formula. So are they just, you know, are, is there going to be any, anything that we know, uh, well, what we were raised to know of how to get into it and how to get the pathways to get to the production stuff and the writing stuff that you want to be doing. Is that even available or is that just being bypassed by, 19 year olds with 2 million followers and then we're just doing reality shows with content creators and it's, that's all we want. It's a little bit of both to be honest okay. with you, right? I think on one hand, I'll, I'll take the, the latter part first. So on the like a bunch of followers getting 
you know, selling things, right? You are an influencer who all of a sudden has a ton of followers for whatever reason. And now you, you know, you start making deals, you get a movie. I mean, Addison Ray is starring in the He's All That, which is yeah, nobody her. should have done anyway. But And that's just a huge product placement. Massive. Two hours. Like, yep. yeah. So, like, those things are out there. Um, look, I previously worked for Awesomeness TV. Um, and Awesomeness, like, they created an MCN, a multi-channel network. And, like, they had their people and their content creators. And then they put them in shows that were either on like Verizon's Go 90 or Hulu or wherever they had deals, right? Like they cultivated, yeah, yeah, they cultivated their people um, and then used them to put them in other pieces. That doesn't mean they were great actors by any means of the word. Some okay, some totally not, still can't. Yeah. So that will be a thing. I think that will still be a thing. I think what you're still going to see too is like a lot of like social media and the, um, like the influencers and like what that, like a lot of brands are really interested in that. A lot of branded content gets aimed towards that less so than like somebody who's willing to spend $15 million to make a TV series. Right. So you're much more likely to see somebody pop up in a commercial or a lot more like digital commercials and branded content with that stuff. I think from the other side, what you were talking about before, well, before I get to that, but what Michelle brought up is also very true. Like stand up, especially stand-up is, is still both right like if you're a true stand-up you still have to like you know you come up the same way you hit your open mics you know if somebody likes you you get to like you know get a couple of minutes maybe you feature you go on tour like that whole if you want to be a professional working stand-up like a lot of that has not changed mm-hmm. you still have to go on tour you have to live on the road like that stuff is still very yeah. very you like, do clubs, you make your money. you do clubs right you got you got to build yeah. your brand right yeah. so you still do that now build your audience you can still be like a comedic performer though can get away with doing more stuff online and original sketches and original pieces and you can cultivate a following there with actually you know with actual like true talent and stuff right we'll put we'll put like twitch streamers and all that stuff over here in a whole separate thing yeah from the other like traditional um you know way to break in and sell a script and all that stuff like that still very much exists you know like still being a PA and a writer's PA and a writer's assistant, like that's still very, very true. And I, I cannot express enough, like specifically if you are a writer and if your goal is to write shows and sell shows, like you need to be writing and you need to have something you have written because what will happen yeah. is this. If you hit it and if you get in your spot, you need like someone's going to ask you for it. Yeah. Someone's going to be like, you know what? I think you're really funny. Like, let me pass something to my agent. What do you got? And then you got to have something. And you have to have something. And I've, I've yeah. seen it. I've seen the reverse. Because that I've only seen... can happen once in a lifetime. And if you're not ready, it's over. And then you have you. to have six backup scripts. Because if you hit it once, then you can get a deal that they're going to look at four. Th- they're going to green light four things that you've created. Or we want right. to see four pilots from you. And you're like, right. great. I got six. Yeah. Right. Which is, yeah. I mean, and I, but like I've seen the other way. I have truly have seen somebody get promoted not do so well but somebody be like hey i still think you're funny let me pat and they were didn't have any representation they got like moved up within the show then got kind of moved down and the the other writer was like hey like let me send your stuff to my agent and they hadn't written anything in years and they had nothing Ooh. relevant and like uh, that's brutal it. yeah that's gone yeah so that's so that still exists yeah um elevator pitches are still like very much a real thing i will tell oh, you okay. what is interesting okay. Well, um, I will tell you what is well, interesting about. Well, you gotta about... have your spiel ready to go for anyone to hear you. That's really in any 
yeah career but especially in something like this where it's like you have two seconds to impress someone yes the heartbreaking thing is when you find out that your idea has been done or has just been sold or something super close to it was it production at one point is owned by a different studio that happens that happens a lot oh i'm sure I've had that happen twice in my career already. So, yeah. Because I would say, what, 95% of things bought are never made? Yeah. I mean, look, it, it, the fact that anything ever gets made is incredible. Um, and now, I will say the biggest difference between now and, like, even 15 years ago is things are coming together with money attached. That's oh, okay. the crazy part. Like, people, people are selling pitches with talent and a director and money. Like, yeah, because it has to be. That's the only way that's getting sold, right? Right. You yeah. have the names. Like, I can guarantee you 15 million is going to yeah. be, you yeah. know, plus production on this because we got yeah. this person attached. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's so much more we could be asking you, Dennis, and maybe we will have to have you on another episode um, because we could ask you questions for legit days. But yeah. we did want to thank you again for joining. Um, a million any- times over. A million times over. Is there anything we didn't plug that we can plug? Um, just watch my stand up. It's on. Uh, it's on YouTube. Tiny hat, big jokes. Tiny it's hat, like a yarmulke, we, big jokes. Yeah, we've seen it. Our families have seen it. It has been approved by all of us, not just because we're Dennis's friend, but because we find Dennis hilarious and talented. Yeah, so. and a lot of it has to do with anecdotes from Dennis growing up, which. Um, if Dennis's background is very different from the person that you hear uh, very well put together, speaking, you. you know, speaking the business fluently, great thought process. Then we learn more about his background and you go, Oh, holy shit. He got out. Good. For oh, him. wow. Oh, the therapy yeah. works. That's he, you guys, he left yeah. Florida there you go. Good for him. And um, was the big man on campus at Syracuse, by the I way. used to be very cool. Thank you. I adore I mean, both of you. You still are you. cool, Dennis. We love yeah. you. Yeah. We love you very much. And we thank you. And with that, we'll see you guys next time. It broke. (laughs) What'd you do? (laughs) Yeah.